Hey team, this is Grant David Collins, and welcome to Basement Philanthropy, a place for people who do not want to wait until they are rich or retired to create meaning, connection, and impact with their money, regardless of the amount. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the connection that personal finance and budgeting has on someone's ability to get involved with microphilanthropy. So let's get started. All right. Well, this is episode 17 of the Basement Philanthropy podcast. That is absolutely mind-blowing. I can't even believe that we have been running for as long as we have. And don't worry, we're not going away anytime soon. And in a lot of ways, we're just getting started. Uh, First of all, thank you for everybody who has been following me on social media uh, we had one of the micro-philanthropy reels that I put out on Instagram kind of blow up last week. So it was it was really fun to see some of the energy and the drive behind that. And just as a reminder, you getting involved with that content, sharing that content, commenting on that, it, it creates a, a wave and a momentum that can help us reach more and more people which at the end of the day is why we're doing this whole thing in the first place. So uh, thank you for the support there. Please keep it up. Uh, And today is going to be a phenomenal episode because we get to really talk about where the rubber meets the road when it comes to philanthropy. They say that you can tell where somebody's priorities are or a business's priorities are by looking at how they spend their money. And if you haven't taken a second recently to think about where you are putting your money, today's episode is going to be a perfect opportunity for you to do that. As you may have noticed in some of the interviews that I've been doing with people just like you who are getting involved with this space, one of the biggest things that shows up in a lot of those interactions is the scarcity mentality that can happen around money. And it's a pretty reasonable way of operating if you think about it. If you don't have a system or process in place to clearly understand where you are putting your money, how you are spending it, what's happening, the likelihood of you not feeling scarcity around giving is pretty, pretty low. And you're not alone. Like some of the statistics that are out there are a little bit crazy. And these are based off of 2021, the average American. And in 2021, only 24% of millennials demonstrated basic financial literacy, meaning they they knew what was going on with their finances, with credit cards, with debit cards, with different bank accounts or whatever it might be. Only 24% of the millennial generation showed basic financial literacy. Just 39% of Americans have enough cash to cover a $1,000 emergency. Only a quarter of Americans have some kind of written financial plan. So this is outside of the millennials. If if you thought that you were going to get away with blaming everything on millennials, you're involved with this too. Only a quarter of Americans have some kind of written financial plan. And only 30% of Americans have a long-term financial plan. So it makes sense that when people think about giving their money, they instantly go go to this feeling of, of being fearful because there isn't this 
clear understanding of of what they are creating, why they're creating it, and and how they're going to go about doing that. And so developing a personal budget and a financial plan is just as much a part of being involved with microphilanthropy as the actual giving because your money is the engine that drives that. And if you aren't managing that well, the impact and the connection and the meaning isn't really going to follow because it's going to be weighed down by those feelings that show up. And this is one of the beautiful byproducts of philanthropy. You start out with this notion of giving and you receive so much in return. And one of those gifts that you get in return if you choose to get involved in this space is becoming more financial literate and independent. So let me tell you the story of my own financial journey. And as I'm talking, think about how this relates to you. Think about how your journey and your story shows up in this. I was lucky enough to grow up in a family who were really financially literate. I remember having conversations with my family around some of the financial goals that we had and then working together to be able to achieve those. So one of those was paying off our family home. And I remember my parents bringing us into a family meeting, us having a discussion about the budget and things that we were going to have to come cut back on and just different ways that we could get involved with that. And then I also remember a couple years later when we paid off our home, like being involved with that moment and feeling like I had contributed in some way. And so it was really put on display for me how important and useful these principles were to create the life that that you wanted, create the life that I wanted. So when I was in college, I started to build my own financial plan. And it wasn't very good at the beginning. In fact, it was it was pretty horrendous. I didn't really do anything about it. Uh, but just like with anything, as I gained more and more experience, I was able to put together a basic budget and financial plan that allowed me to start getting involved with different things that I wanted to be involved with. The first and foremost thing that I got involved with was investing. So I took a portion of my money and put it aside and put it in the market to start to gain returns off of that money. And it was through that process that I began to determine or learn that you could create things with your money and that if you were smart to start early, that you had this wide opportunity. And the longer and longer you waited, the shorter and shorter that opportunity began. And that is actually the connection that I started to make with philanthropy is that in the same way that if you start investing earlier in life, you can create more and more wealth. The same principle applies to philanthropy. The earlier you get involved, the more impact and connection and meaning that you can create throughout your lifetime. So I had these things going and I used similar devices to be able to create this. And basically what that looked like was putting a percentage of my money aside in order to fulfill on these things that I wanted to create. So I wanted to invest. I wanted to be involved with microphilanthropy. And so I used that budget as the baseline to be able to create that. And so I even went as far as developing a little bit of a group or a club called the Budget Boys. That's right. You heard it right. The Budget Boys. And what we would do is we would help college students become financially literate and then implement and develop a plan around some of these basic tenets. And so 
I was really confident in my ability to create and maintain and, and build a system of budgeting. But as I was preparing for this podcast, I realized how much more I can even be doing within my system that I've been involved with for a couple of years. And one of the biggest things that I need to be more aware of and more intentional about around my own financial journey is following the budget. Like it's one thing to have a budget. It's another thing to hold yourself accountable to a budget. And because I'm single, I I often have a little bit more extra than I would if I had a family. And so there's kind of a cushion there and I'm kind of used to that. And so one thing that I'm getting involved with currently is really starting to be intentional around that so I can be even more creative with the different things that I am involved with. Now, you might be on the other end of this thinking, well, Grant, that's great for you that you came from a financial uh, family, people that really understood or, or cared about this. But, but I didn't. And in fact, like I'm pretty deep in the hole. I have a lot of debt or I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, great for you. I'm going to move on and not be involved with philanthropy. And what I'll say to that is just like I spoke into, we're all at a different spot on this road to financial independence and financial literacy. But we can all start or make improvements on that process today. So if you're already down the journey a little bit and you feel pretty confident in your financial plan, I'm going to put a time in the description of this podcast that you can skip ahead to to kind of get to the meat of how these two things come together. If you're not, I'm going to describe really quick a very simple way that you can start becoming financially literate and implement a basic budget into your life so that you can start getting involved with this whole space. So if you don't have a financial plan or a budget in place right now, this is all you need to do. You need a piece of paper, a login to your main bank account for either your debit card or credit card, whatever you use for your daily spending, and you need a login to a free website called mint.com. So if you don't have those things, push pause, go grab them, come back here, we're going to kind of start walking through things. All right, so you should have that in front of you, ready to go, and if you need any help with it, just reach out to me. I'd love to help you personally with this, so just give me a, a quick DM or email me at grant at basementphilanthropy.com. I would love to get involved uh, with, with, with you getting to this space in your life. So now that you have your paper, what I want you to do is I want you to brainstorm some basic categories that you think that your expenses could fall into. We're looking to create about six to eight of these categories so that you can start to understand what is happening in your finances. So these can be things like gas, groceries, eating out, fun activity money. Like it can be any of these types of, of things. And I want you to create between six and eight of those. Now, at any time through this entire process, feel free to pause the podcast and, and do the work that you need to around what we're, what we're talking about. So once you have those ready to go, what I want you to do is I want you to print off your last bank statement. What I want you to do is I want you to start categorizing your last month of transactions by the categories that you laid out. And you're likely going to notice pretty quickly that you don't have everything that you need in those categories. 
That is totally okay. Feel free to add a category if you don't have one that's pretty obvious. Now, don't get too bloated as far as your categories. You don't need to go too deep. We're talking really high level right now, and you can get deeper and deeper as you get more comfortable in this space. Once you get done with that, what I want you to do is log in to mint.com if you already have an account or if you don't, create an account, and then connect your bank account to the app, mint.com, connect your bank account there. And what's going to happen is after a little bit of of process on your back end, you're going to have those same transactions that you just spent time categorizing come into your feed that will be really apparent to you if you're on their website. And what you're going to do with those is you're you're just going to create those categories. And and Mint.com has a bunch of categories already laid out. Um, So feel free to to change the categories to be those or you can edit the categories right there. The user interface is really easy. So categorize those same transactions in mint.com. And then what I want you to do is if you're filling up to it, go back a couple more months. So usually three is what I what I always tell people about. And that gives you a really good sense of, of what that will look like. And once you're done with that, then you're going to have a really rough idea of where your current spending is at. Now, this isn't a time for judgment. You're going to have likely a bunch of spending in areas that you're not that excited about or in subscriptions that you didn't even know that you had running. All these things, they're just data points for us to move forward with. Okay, so once you get done with that transaction categorization, what I want you to do is I want you to go to the budgets tab in mint.com. It'll be right off to your left side. And what you're going to do here is you're going to add a budget for each category that you have listed down that you've used to um, categorize these transactions. So there up in the top right, you'll see it. We'll just click on add a budget. You'll choose the category that you want. And then you'll choose the budget amount. Now, what the budget amount should be, this is not necessarily what you want it to be at this point. You can kind of kind of think about it that way. But what I would suggest is to look at your trends tab. If you go over to the left side of mint.com, click on trends, and then you can click and search a category and then see how much your average spending is in that category for the last three months. And then start to develop your, your baseline from there. So maybe you're spending too much in a category and you kind of want to go back. That's great. But what I would do first is really understand where you're at. Because just like with anything in life, if as you start to make changes in this area, what can happen is you get way too involved or way too invested. You try and cut back too quick and it just kind of all falls apart. So what I would suggest you doing is going through each category and doing that. So clicking on the trends tab, typing in the category, figuring out what the average is along the last three months, and then using that as a number to decide what you want for your budget. So at the end, you should have between six and probably 12 budget categories that make up most of your transactions that you are going through. Feel free to have a miscellaneous category, but just don't use that as an excuse 
to not figure out where a category should go. Sometimes there are just like random expenses that you have that come up and, and put a budget around those as well. Okay, so I have, once you get to this point, the listeners who left the budgeting side to come back have now rejoined us. This is the time block that they will come back in. And I have done everybody a bit of a favor, and I've built a spreadsheet for you that you can use to take your budget, whatever that looks like, and move it into something that can start creating good with the money that you have. Now, if you already have a system that's like this, feel free to adapt some of the principles that you'll see in this spreadsheet to what you are already doing. If you don't have a system, this is a great place to get started. And I have an entire year built out for you. And so you can use this for a year. And if you get to a place where you can't use it anymore, just reach out to me. I'm happy to help you uh, uh, put something together. So what you'll notice is you'll notice that there is a spot for your income. There's a spot for the different categories that you have in your budget. There's a spot for the actual amount of money that you spent in those categories what is left over, if there's anything left over. And then after you get done with all your expenses, the total amount of money that you have after that is done. Now, this is where the magic starts to happen. This is where you can start to plan a percentage of your money that can go towards giving. And this is how so many people within the micro-philanthropy community are starting to give, is they're walking through this process putting aside money and then decoupling that money from them so that scarcity that they feel, the fear that they feel around their money all of a sudden is is extinguished because they have an understanding of where that money is going. And so what I want you to start doing is I want you to start thinking about the good that you could potentially create with that money. And it's it's the beginning of another school year and I want to bring back an idea that I have pushed out in, in the past in the first couple episodes that I did of this podcast, and that was around buying supplies or contributing supplies to a teacher you know that is near you. The average American makes about $51,000 a year. Just 7% of that is a hundred and twelve dollars per paycheck so 224 dollars for the month if you want to look at it that way or 112 dollars per paycheck i know that there are teachers out there that could use some extra supplies and extra help and so that is what i would suggest you do with this first um project as far as you as as you're getting involved with this but you could do whatever you wanted to but you'll notice that this spreadsheet that i've developed for you allows you to start putting your money aside so that you can give. What makes microphilanthropy different from just your everyday giving is the intentionality behind where the money comes from and where what you are doing with it from a giving perspective. That's what is is the the nuance here. That's what makes it different is that you are being intentional through the entire process. And what you'll start to see happen is that becomes a flywheel because once you start getting involved with giving and seeing that your money can impact, you will start to create or have the desire to create more impact and more connection, more meaning out into the world. 
And that will start to fill maybe a void that you have in your life around that area. And so you'll put more money into it. And because of that, you'll be looking to have greater opportunities in your career. And you can just see how this starts to multiply and multiply. So you can give more and then you give more and you have more opportunities and just back and forth, back and forth until this flywheel is just spinning a million miles an hour. So that is what can happen when you approach giving in this way. And I just have such an incredible experience around around this. I started doing this when I was about 22. I'm almost 28 years old now. And what I can say is that before I got involved in this space, I wasn't super financially literate. Now I can absolutely hold my own. I'm not going to go to Wall Street yet, but right now I can absolutely hold my own when it comes to budgeting and personal finance. And it's just because... I decided to get involved with something like personal micro philanthropy. And that can be your experience too. So please, please reach out to me if you need some help with this budgeting. I would be happy to spend some of my time talking to you about this because it's so important to what you want to create in your life. And it's this experience that sometimes is a little bit vulnerable. And what I can tell you is that I will not, I will not judge you in any way for your, your current financial experience or structure or whatever you have in place, I will just be so grateful that you are wanting to get involved with creating good with your money. That's what I'm committed to. And I'm so thrilled for the potential opportunity to help anybody who wants to get to a better place there so that they can use their money for good. So that's it for me on this episode. Please reach out. I would love, I'd love to assist. I'd love to help you through this process if just listening to the podcast wasn't enough for you. So let's go out into the world and create good with the money in our pockets together. Talk soon.